All right, all right. NBA Quick Pod is locked and loaded for Thursday, November the 10th. Mackenzie Rivers is in the house. I'm your host, Sleepy J. Our Dream Pod results from last night there. Mackenzie rock solid, hit a ton of plays. So we're happy about that, but it's not about yesterday. It's about today. Today, Mackenzie's going to go ahead. He's gone through the NBA card for Thursday. Mackenzie will go ahead. He'll try to convince me of his best handicap, and he'll give me a handicap on a side total and a player prop. I'll go ahead. I'll grade those handicaps on a scale of 1 to 10. Then I'll go ahead and I'll buy which one I believe is best. Let's not waste any time here, Mac. Uh, Your first suggested play for today. What are you looking at? I'm going to go in chronological order here as to not tip my hand what I might feel strongest about, because I want to present the data and make you decide uh, what the data says strongestly. So my first prop is going to be the Mavericks-Wizards game, Dallas at Washington. I like Luka Doncic under 33.5 points. Now, this is the second game of a back-to-back, and Luka's been in a lot better shape this season uh, with Eurobasket over the summer. However, I still think, like his historical data shows, on the second night of a back-to-back, as a road favorite versus an inferior team, He doesn't have to push it, and the team doesn't have to push him. So his points go down and his minutes go down, as we would expect uh, for a player of his caliber, trying to make it through a whole season, on the second night of a back-to-back. However, so he scores three less points per game on the second night of a back-to-back, three and a half points per game in his career versus his average for that season. However, I've talked about this a lot in different areas. He gets himself into shape, better shape, as the season goes on. If you look at it, the second night of a back-to-back before the All-Star game, October, November, December, January, Lucas scores six points less than his season average. So his season average is already astronomically high, 34.8, MVP caliber stuff. So one of two things are going to happen. Either he's going to have 34.8, he's going to have one of the great scoring seasons of all time, it's possible, or he's going to regress to just a normal MVP level at 32, 31 points per game. I think that's far more likely. So I expect his points to regress already. On the second night of a back-to-back, though, we've seen he plays less minutes per game and he scores significantly less. I don't think they need him to go full throttle here. I don't think that's smart. I think in the beginning of the season, there's a reason why he scores significantly less. He plays significantly less minutes on the second night of a back-to-back. It's just shrewd decision-making by Luca and all involved. I expect the same here. They set this number astronomically high, 33 and a half. It was 34 and a half yesterday. I feel like in a month, it's going to be 30 and a half every game. So we're getting ahead of that. I like Luca under 33 and a half. I kind of like that there, Mac. But before I go ahead and give you a grade on this one, I do have to ask you a question here. Luca's gone over 30 in nine straight games. Now his last game, scored 24 points do you think that that gives him incentive to go ahead and go out and go all out and score or do you think that that's maybe a weight lifted off his shoulders where he says you know what I'm not gonna catch Will Chamberlain I could just relax tonight against this team exactly I think it's the latter there I think if he was on this 30 point streak there'd be reason he'd come back in the third quarter and put some shots up if the team's up late now it gives him a perfect pass to say hey 26 points win by 15 everybody's happy by the way, this number 33 and a half, he's played 38 back-to-backs in his career, Luka Doncic. He's gone over this number five times, five out of 38, and they're setting it as a 50-50 bet. I disagree. I think he's got reason to relax. Uh, I expect him to win, kind of kind of lean towards the Mavericks on the side, but I definitely like him to go under 33 and a half points. I guess one of the questions that we have to ask ourselves with Luka, the fact that he didn't go over in the last game, is the incentive for him to get his teammates involved. 
He took 29 shots in the last game, Mackenzie. That was the second most shots he took all season long. So it's not like Luke is out there sharing the basketball a ton. His assists have been down in three straight games. I think he's averaged six over the last three. So maybe it's time for him to go, you know what, this is a perfect team for me to go out there and let my guys go ahead and eat for once. So I like it. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to call that an 8.0. I'll stamp that 8.0. Good handicap there, McKenzie, on Luka Doncic under his point total. Your next pick, what are you looking at? Appreciate that. Let's keep it rolling. I got two picks in the same game. Let's go Blazers at Pelicans, the latest game on the card. For my first pick, I'm going to go with the New Orleans Pelicans minus two in the first quarter. Now, this is isolating the best quarter of each team. Pelicans, third best first quarter team plus three and a half points. Blazers, really good in the fourth quarter, not so good in the first quarter where they're being outscored by a half point per game. And I like the fact that both teams are off the back-to-back, where the Pelicans get that home crowd advantage to kind of shrug it off in the beginning, where the Blazers, already historically a bad first quarter team, have the disadvantage of taking that flight, having two road games in a row in New Orleans. So that's the first play I'm going to go with. Pretty simple play. But I do like it. Pelicans minus two in the first quarter. I don't mind it. You know, I talked about, you know, the Blazers. Obviously, I gave that out yesterday on the Dream Podcast as my best bet. That one cashed. And you turned around and you took the Pelicans, you know, as a bet that you had. And, and that one cashed. Mm-hmm. My concern here with Portland is the fact that we talked about them being in a pretty good spot there, having a day off going up against a bad team in Charlotte. And then after to go and play New Orleans and then Dallas. So there was a letdown factor for me factored into my handicap. So I could see the Blazers going into this game tonight saying, you know what, we did good yesterday. We kind of accomplished our mission. I said that on the podcast that if they beat Charlotte, this was a successful road trip for them because they already had won two games prior. So for me, I think there's a pretty good chance that the Blazers do come in here, you know, a little bit sluggish to go ahead and start this out, maybe a little fat, maybe a little happy. It's been a long road trip for them already. They've been on the road. you got to go all the way back to November 3rd. So uh, for me, I like it, McKenzie. Kind of like the Luca one a little bit more. I'm going to go ahead and stamp this one. 7.9. It was a pretty tough call for me to go ahead and, and favor this over Luca. So that's where I'm at. Stamp that 7.9. What do you got next? All right, sticking in the same game. We're going to go with the third quarter. This is our total play. Over 54.5. Now, generally, NBA rule of thumb basic strategy Teams coming off of back-to-back wilt defensively in the second half. I'm not casting any aspersions to Wilt, the great Wilt Chamberlain's defensive abilities, but I mean like the verb, they uh, tend to fade defensively in the second half. Makes a lot of sense. The legs just aren't there. And you don't need a lot of legs. You don't need a lot of motivation, a lot of encouragement or inspiration to shoot well and play good offense. But defense is often about heart. It's about what you got in the tank. And then the second night of a back-to-back, Neither of these teams, they're both off a of back-to-back, will have much in the tank in the second half. Maybe in the fourth quarter it'll be close, and they'll draw up some plays, slow the game down. So I like isolating just the third quarter. You get the fatigue of the second night of a back-to-back for both teams, but you don't get that fourth quarter phenomenon where it's walking it up the court every possession. And if you look at these teams specifically, highest scoring quarter is the third quarter for both. Pelicans, 31 points per game in the third Blazers, 28 points per game in the third quarter. Like this play, I feel like it's going to be a run-and-gun shootout type second half. Maybe not in the fourth quarter, but especially in the third quarter. Over 54 and a half. The number is just pretty much the total divided by four. They're making no adjustment. I think that's incorrect. 
Third quarter should be higher than the rest of the game. Over 54 and a half Pelicans Blazers in the third. They made it tough on me because that play makes sense. I think the only thing that gives me caution, McKenzie, is that both of these teams are coming off of road trips. How will their legs be, you know, in the beginning of the game? How will their legs be at the end of the game? If we have a bunch of shooters out there that are just on tired legs, we might end up with a bunch of shots coming up short. It happens. It's true. Defensively, I'm saying that their their fatigue is going to affect them more. But, I mean, we've seen guys just not be able to make it, you know, go 0 for 11 when they're on the second night of a back-to-back. So that is a concern for sure. And that's the only reason why I would favor your Luka prop over this one. This is tough, though, because I actually like this over to myself. Um, and I like how you isolated the third quarter. It's tough. Uh, I'll, I'll still favor Luka. That one you convinced me on quite a bit. And I think there's a lot of little intangibles there that make that one a little bit better. So I'm going to stamp this 7.92. Good scores for you today. So I'm going to go ahead, McKenzie. I'm going to buy your Luca under the 33.5 points. I like it. I'll buy that one. We stamped that one at an 8.0. Awesome. Let's get it. What you got on the on the hot topic? All right. So today's hot topic, let's go ahead and let's call this the cliff came early or maybe late. You guys can go ahead and decide that. Let me rattle off a few names here. How about Nate Robinson? We all know Nate. He was knocked out stone cold against Jake Paul. Became an internet sensation overnight. And some of you guys might remember uh, Andrew Bynum. Lakers maybe could use a guy like him right now, you know, for the way that they're actually playing. How about uh, Danny Granger, Jarrett Jack, CJ Miles, Hakeem Warwick? Some of you diehards might actually remember those players. I'm pretty sure that McKenzie actually does, and I certainly do. You know, all those players that I named actually have something in common that they were all drafted with Chris Paul back in 2005. All those players, they're long gone now, been long gone for a while. But Chris Paul, still a starting point guard in the league, even after 17 seasons. Look, Father Time at some point catches up with every player in every sport. You know, the cliche that we often hear, Father Time is undefeated. And that's true. It's also true that the cliff that Chris Paul just fell off of, it wasn't expected this early into the season. What we are seeing with Chris Paul isn't something that we often see. An older point guard breaking down physically and statistically within the first 10 games of a new season. Now, Mackenzie and I have talked about Chris Paul in one of our first podcasts as a red flag type of guy, you know, based on how he looked and the way that he finished the playoffs last season. Can Chris Paul still be of some type of service here for the Sun? Certainly. But counting on him to do Chris Paul type of things that we've been spoiled with for you know a long time now, it's just one of those things that I don't believe that I can count on. One of the things that has followed you know, a solid regular season for Chris Paul has been an injured postseason throughout his entire career. You know, we had his hamstring issue back in 2015. That was a real issue when he played with the Clippers. Six years ago, ended up with a broken hand. Then after that, it was a hamstring again, busted his shoulder with the Suns. Think about this for a minute. Like many of us have played basketball, played sports throughout our entire lives. And most of us, you know, played a lot when we were growing up. I played sports a ton when I was a kid. I played pretty much every sport that you could possibly play. You know, I did have a little bit of favorable luck that I never really had any bad injuries. Sure, I had, you know, the finger jams, the twisted knees, the back, a couple sprained ankles. I actually had one sprained ankle that really never healed correctly. And that was for like maybe like a period of like 10 years. Chris Paul is 37 years old. He's been playing this game for 30 years, probably almost every day. 
Think about how many of those small injuries, those medium injuries and big injuries, uh, career debilitating injuries that he's had in his entire career. He's played basketball for pretty much 90% of his entire life. At some point, that stuff is going to add up. And it's not just the stats are going to add up and not just the injuries, but, you know, it's the travel miles, the shitty hotel experiences, you know, the fans on the road, social media, losing, winning, you know, moving your family from state to state, you know, as you as you switch teams time and time again. At some point, it takes a toll. Eventually, you are going to break down. And I don't think Chris Paul has actually fallen off a cliff and that we've actually seen that. I think he's fell off this cliff already, and we're not really noticing McKenzie until he's actually hit the ground. The numbers back you up, and you talk about how he usually fades in the playoffs. Well, he's had four or five months now. I mean, this is the freshest he should be. And last year, he started off the season on fire. 14 points per game, 11 assists per game, 50% shooting, 40% from three. First 10 games of the season. Excellent stuff. Best he had done uh, all season. Now this first 10 games of the season, he's done as badly as any point as he's done in the past two years statistically. So points down 50%, nine points per game. Assists down 16%. His shooting has gone from 50% to 37. His three-point shooting has gone from 40 to 27. So in this period where historically with the Suns, this has been his best time, it's been his worst time with the Suns. That cannot be ignored. Um, now with Cameron Johnson out for a couple months, Jay Crowder's not coming back. I, I, the Suns have started off great, and Chris Paul's kind of used his guile to kind of let his uh, other guys pick up the slack. But that's going to be tested with their depth being tested. So it's definitely a concern. Well, I do want to ask you one question about Chris Paul because he's he's injured right now already, McKenzie. He's going to be out. He's got some type of a of a heel issue, but you know, what, what do we see for Chris Paul? Because I think that that's what we need to identify right here on this podcast. We're not going to see him play 82 games. We already know that he's not going to get back to scoring, you know, 20 points a game with, you know, 10 assists and six rebounds. Like that's not going to happen. I think we would, you know, we would put a, a massive bet down on that. So in your mind, why don't you tell me what you think that we see from Chris Paul this season? Like, what can we expect? Because that's going to help us be able to bet on him. And we've been betting on him and we've made money on him already on this podcast. But what's a, what's a, a realistic outlook right now for Chris Paul at 17 years in the league with all the baggage that he has with him? I think the best comp for Chris Paul at this stage of his career, at the beginning of his stage of his career, I would have said Isaiah Thomas. At this stage of career, I would say probably Jason Kidd or John Stockton. And Jason Kidd had a lot of success as a part player, as a bit player on the Dallas Mavericks later in his career. John Stockton, loyal man, I met him once in Vegas, never left Utah, and age 38, 39, and 40, you know, we're putting up these, you know, decent statistics, kind of like Chris Paul is now, you know, 10 points, nine, nine assists. They're not terrible. They're just not anything that resembles an all Hall of Fame, all-time great player. So I think he'll be fine. He'll be an addition to that team. Very smart guy. Will help them stay motivated. Will be a coach on the floor. But if you're talking about championship contenders, I don't really picture the Suns as them because they have one great player in Devin Booker, one really good player in Devin Booker. They have DeAndre Ayton, who, you know, has his ups and downs. I think he's far from a max level player. And then they have Chris Paul, who was a max level player at the beginning of last year, and he's not that now. So I think that major downgrade, although we haven't seen it so far in the regular season, I, I don't think they can win the championship as currently constructed. 
I like that, and I think that makes a lot of sense there, McKenzie. When I really boil everything down with this team, I cannot see them winning a title with Chris Paul being their starting point guard in the playoffs. It doesn't look all that good right now, you know, for Chris Paul. At least that's, you know, kind of where our opinion's at. So that'll wrap up the quick podcast there, guys. Make sure you guys check out McKenzie and I's podcast tomorrow night. That will be live on the RJ Bell's Dream Preview feed. Check out our Twitter accounts at Mac and Rivers at SleepyJ underscore pregame. If you guys want to save some cash there on some picks, simply go over to pregame.com and enter year two zero. You guys could always find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NBA Thursday. Enjoy the games.